Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. At Consumer Cellular, you get the same exact coverage as the largest carriers, but for up to half the cost. Same thing, up to half the cost. Up to half the cost for the same thing. 50% the money for 100% the same thing. I hope I'm making myself clear. Consumer Cellular. When freedom calls, we're here to answer. Call us at 1-888-FREEDOM. Half the cost savings based on cost of Consumer Cellular single-line 5-gigabyte data plan with unlimited talk and text compared to lowest cost single-line postpaid unlimited talk text and data plan offered by T-Mobile and Verizon May 2023. Welcome to the Hornets Hivecast, presented by Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates, the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. Here's your host, Rob Longo. Hi, friends, and welcome to today's edition of the Hornets Hivecast, the official podcast of the Charlotte Hornets, brought to you by Senta. Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates are the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care providers of your Hornets. Rob Longo with you today following Charlotte's 113-107 loss in Boston last night. Yes, it is sadly a silver linings edition of the HHC. We'll break this one down and provide you with our top performers, and there was one specific performance that stood out for the Hornets. Plus, we'll preview the latest article that drops later today on Hornets by the lead writer. It's the one and only Sam Perley who joins me today on the Hornets Hivecast. Sam, great to have you back as always. Yes, Rob. Thank you for having me again. Like you mentioned, it's a silver linings version, but anytime we can talk Hornets basketball, it's always a good thing. So I'm ready to dive into this one when you are. All right, let's get a recap of this one out of the way as the Hornets were looking to avoid a Groundhog Day-like performance Charlotte had on Sunday in that loss to the Clippers at home. James Borrego went with a bigger lineup in this one to counter the Celtics as P.J. Washington got his fourth start of the season, his first since all the way back on December 1st in Milwaukee, and the first quarter was a series of runs. Charlotte had to call timeout midway through the first frame to stop a 10-2 Boston run, which countered a 9-0 run for the Hornets prior to that. Neither team shot the ball well from beyond the arc as both teams combined to go 4-16 from three-point land. Boston led it 27-22 after the first quarter. Then we go to the second frame, where the Hornets had to call a timeout early to stop a 13-5 run, as Josh Richardson started the quarter 3-3 from beyond the arc for Boston, but Kelly Oubre provided a spark off the bench after missing the last two games. Tips it out, and it's stolen away by Kelly Oubre. All smiles as he's got the steal. Oubre up the left sideline. Oubre attacking the paint. Oubre pull up from 10. Gets the bounce. Kelly Oubre Jr. A nice sequence there. Steal on one end, finish on the other. 
and he forces the timeout from head coach Ime Udoka. Charlotte cut the deficit to just one going into the locker room, 54-53, thanks to 17 points from LaMelo Ball through two quarters. Then we move to the second half, where Boston came out firing, hitting four of its first five three-pointers in the first four minutes of the third quarter, and Charlotte had to call a timeout to stop a 9-0 run. The Hornets were able to tie the game midway through the stanza, but Boston took a 10-point lead into the fourth quarter, even though LaMelo Ball was up to 29 points at that point. But then, in the fourth, the Hornets started to fight back. Boston led it by nine with three minutes and 20 seconds to play, but the Hornets were able to tie the game with a minute to go thanks to Terry Rozier. LaMelo, right side, crowd getting loud. Ball gives up early to Rozier. Straightaway three for the tie. Yes, sir! Terry Rozier buries it, and we're all even. 107 apiece. 23 for Terry, eight in the fourth quarter. And with a minute remaining, it's a brand new ball game. 107 to 107. Unfortunately, those were the last points the Hornets would score of the contest. Jason Tatum made two free throws after getting fouled in the lane. P.J. Washington's go-ahead three-point shot was blocked by Robert Williams, and Boston was able to add on a few more points to take a 113-107 victory, as now just a half game separates the Hornets and the Celtics for seventh place in the Eastern Conference. Sam, this felt like it was a frustrating one. The Hornets stopped the duo of Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown for the most part. They combined for 34 points. Usually it's in the 60s and 70s, but the bench erupted for Boston into this one, putting up 41 points in this game. You know, there's a few things that kind of stood out about this game. I think first and foremost, like JB pinpointed after the game, the turnovers, very not normal for the Hornets to have 16 turnovers leading to 28 points. Obviously a big decisive factor in this one. They did force 19 turnovers leading to 21 points, so it balanced out a little bit. Celtics fully healthy. They had everybody available to go. They obviously got some big performances from Josh Richardson, Marcus Smart, and can kind of withstand a little bit of another Tatum Brown off night, which is really helpful. Obviously, the Hornets still without Gordon Hayward, still without Jalen McDaniels. Hopefully, good news is on the horizon. And then final thing, you know, just like you said, you know, they did a good job of kind of battling back. It comes down to that final minute, and tie game in a final minute, it's going to come down to a couple plays, and, you know, Boston made some plays. They obviously made the big defensive stop on the uh, the Washington three, and that proved to be the difference. So, you know, it's a tough one because, you know, this is a team when you look at in the standings, they're neck and neck with the Hornets, but overall, I was pretty encouraged with how they played, given a couple key areas that they obviously have to shore up, but, you know, I thought the offense was better than it was against the Clipper game, and uh, I think there's some good stuff to build on there. Full silver linings here, so you know, hopefully they can kind of regroup and, and get a big win tomorrow night. A couple of things I wanted to touch on that you brought up there. First off, the injuries, of course. You are right. Robert Williams, Marcus Smart were not available for the last time that these two teams played, just two weeks ago, really, too. And, of course, Robert Williams ended up proving the difference, blocking P.J. Washington's shot down the stretch there. It was a good look, too. Don't get me wrong. P.J. was off the screen. Williams came out, had a good closeout, and was able to get a hand on it. And James Borrego touched on that after the game last night about – was it a good shot? Was it not a good shot? JB just didn't have a problem with it. He just would have liked to see a little bit more action. Yeah, I mean, we, we, the read was right to get it to him. There were a couple of reads there, and I thought Terry did the right thing. He got P.J. open. They switched out. And obviously, now it's about decision-making. So, uh, obviously, we'd like to have that one back. We'll teach it tomorrow. I think there's plenty of time to get a better shot than that. And uh, we'll teach that again tomorrow. Not going to dwell on it too much because P.J. Washington had a great game last night. He had 16.7 rebounds, two steals in that start. He played 42 minutes, which was the most out of any hoarded on the floor. 6 of 11 from the floor, 4 of 9 from beyond the arc as well. He played his tail off in last night's game. The last one, just, well, Robert Williams, he's a tall, lanky guy. He was able to get a hand on it, and that was kind of all she wrote. But the other thing that, Sam, that you touched on too that I thought was really interesting too is, of course, you know, this team has been playing without Gordon Hayward. This is a new lineup too. We've never seen this starting five 
I don't believe out there. B.J. Washington playing the four. Miles Bridges getting moved to the three as well. It was a little bit of an interesting shakeup a little bit to counter all of the bigs that the Celtics had. And Terry Rozier touched on it as well, where you fall into a hole late against a team like the Celtics. They have such a veteran-laden roster that it's really hard to come back from a team with so much experience that late in the game as well. I like the lineup adjustments. I think when you look back at that Clipper game, I think they had a real trouble kind of, especially down low around the rim, making baskets around the rim and also preventing baskets. I think I like the little wrinkle putting PJ at the four. I thought he had a little bit of a rough start, but he obviously got going. And I, I like the shot attempt at the end. I think the read was fine. I think the attempt was okay. I think it's a combination of maybe you could have gotten a better shot. And there was also Williams, I thought, just made a spectacular play. I mean, that's a big time to be able to, you know, go out to the perimeter as a center like that, get the, get the deflection, it goes to Tatum. And I think they advanced it up court. And then there was a little bit, I think it was like maybe a three-second difference between the shot clock and the game clock. So you're kind of in that awkward time. Do we foul? Do we not foul? So sometimes that's all the difference. And, you know, obviously you like to have it back because if he makes it, it's obviously great. If you drive or do something or whatever different it could have a different result but overall I think it's you know I think it was it didn't come down to one play obviously it never does it was a series of things but I like the overall thought PJ obviously stepped up too and, and Miles kind of just an uncharacteristic off night I think maybe he was a little not necessarily accustomed to going back to the three but he only finished with six points he had a lip laceration that kind of kept him out of the second half for on and off and by the time he came back in the team was in kind of rallying so they didn't put him back in he just never really got going so that's another big emphasis you know miles just had a rare off night and other guys stepped up but i wouldn't expect miles to have a six point outing next time the hornets hit the court yeah miles didn't play a whole lot there in the second half only ended up playing 31 minutes last night in that loss but we'll see what happens when he comes back he had to get a couple of stitches in that lip he'll be all patched up and ready to go for tomorrow's game against cleveland for sure but charlotte falls 113 to 107 on the road in Boston now fall to 28 and 24 on the regular season and things are starting to tighten up a little bit in the play-in tournament picture again Charlotte is only a couple of games back of sixth place right now in the Eastern Conference but it's starting to really get crunched up there between teams seven through ten you got the Hornets sitting there at 28 and 24 the Raptors are 26 and 23 Boston is now 28 and 25 and Atlanta is even in it mix at 24 and 26 as well so plenty of games down the stretch that are going to mean a lot it's going to be a pivotal stretch coming up here over the next next week or so for the Hornets, a four-game homestand coming up here at Spectrum Center, and you can get your tickets to help cheer on your Hornets at Hornets.com or through the Hornets app. We'll talk top performers next. One might have stood out a little bit higher than the rest. We'll get to that right here after this on the Hornets Hivecast, brought to you by Senta. I'm not anti-aging. I'm pro-looking my best. Getting cosmetic surgery at Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates has me looking young again and filled with the confidence I need to take on the day. From Botox to rhinoplasty to facelifts, Senta offers facial plastic surgery from specially trained eye and ENT doctors who are familiar with how all parts of the face work. Feel like you once did. Schedule your appointment today at ceenta.com slash appointments. Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates. They just make sense. Brilliant 30-point performance from LaMelo Ball. Takes the inbounds pass, immediately fires for three and rips the net cord. LaMelo Ball drilling yet another Lowe's three-point shot. 33 for LaMelo. 
LaMelo Ball finishes with a career-high 38 points last night despite a 113-107 loss in Boston. Rob Longo and Sam Perley here with you on today's edition of the Hornets Hivecast, brought to you by Senta. Sam, like I mentioned, 38 points at career-high, 12-24 from the floor, 10-13 from the free-throw line, which was really impressive, all things considered. Six rebounds, nine assists as well, so just an assist shy of a double-double for LaMelo Ball. I am going to guess that he is our silver lining performance from last night. I thought he was spectacular. I mean, really, really really good performance. He kept the Hornets in. He kind of really, I think, got things going in the third quarter, or I should say when it felt like Boston could really kind of take the game away, he would come up with a couple big baskets, a couple big assists. He had some good rebounds. It was really, really kind of all over the place in a good way, uh, leaving his mark on this one. Yeah, like the 38 points, it's it's too bad that the uh, all the all-star ballots have already been tallied uh, going into tonight's announcement, because if there's anybody out there that still need a little persuasion or a little motivation to vote him into the All-Star game, this would have been a great performance to kind of sway you the other way. But yeah, overall, just spectacular performance. I mean, just everything the Hornets needed. Obviously, it wasn't enough from a team element or team atmosphere or in team, I guess, effort. But, you know, that shouldn't overshadow how good he was last night. James Brego, after the game yesterday, talked about LaMelo's performance. Yeah, he plays well here, you know, and the way they play us, they force a lot of that one-on-one action. He's one of those guys that can get downhill and create for us. So he was fantastic tonight. Very mature game. That was also referencing LaMelo Ball's triple-double that he got just two weeks ago at TD Garden as well up in Beantown. But Sam, like you kind of mentioned it, the All-Star Reserves are announced later today. Of course, we will have a full recap of that coming up here on tomorrow's edition of the Hornets Hivecast with Sam Farber. But again, LaMelo just remarkable the last couple of games. He is one of those guys that is starting to hit rarefied air. And I say that again just because it seems like every time that he takes the floor, he's breaking some sort of new record or he's getting in this exclusive club after yesterday's performance again 38 points five rebounds nine assists and two steals this is his second 35 5 and 5 game in the last 40 seasons only lebron james luka Doncic, zion williamson kevin durant have had more games before turning the age of 21 in the nba again it's just remarkable what this guy is able to do night in and night out i no, JB was a little bit frustrated yesterday because of the team performance losing that game in Boston, but he was a little bit short at the postgame podium. But I can't stress how many times we have said time and time again that this is becoming expected of LaMelo. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, uh, it's also his fifth straight 20-point game. Almost doubled the 20 points, almost got to 40. But uh, that also ties a career high. It's as long as of the season. He had a five-game stretch, I think, last February. He had at least 20 points in five straight games. So hopefully he can pick up that sixth straight game tomorrow night and uh, have a new career high in that. But yeah, you know, it, it's, you don't want to take it for granted at all, but yeah, if you look at like his last, going back to his last several games, 23, 20, 29 with a triple double, 25, 19, 10, 15. I think he had a little bit of a spell maybe kind of earlier in the month of January where, you know, the decision-making wasn't the best shot selection, but he really seems to have found a groove lately. He's being aggressive. He's tacking the rim. He's getting to the line. Feels like the three point shot is coming back around a little bit more. I mean, I love just kind of the little stuff he does getting those offensive rebounds second chance stuff facilitating the kick aheads the deflections the steals things like that I mean he's just a tremendous joy to watch and you you feel like you're never really out of it because he can get hot quickly and just spark your offense and you get good offense going I think you get a good chance of setting your defense up so overall great performance I mean what more can you say about it 38 points big time showing from the, uh, the second year guard I got a couple more things to say about the performance at the 254 mark of the third quarter the Hornets scored 19 points in the third frame up until that point LaMelo 
accounted for 79% of Charlotte's offense in the quarter at that time. He had 12 points and had one assist, which was a three-pointer as well. So LaMelo Ball not only getting the job done individually for himself, finishing at the rim, hitting three-pointers, but also able to drive, kick, swing, facilitate as well. He is just such a floor general out there with those nine assists that he had last night, and it's no wonder as he continues to rack up these triple-doubles at the ripe old age of 20. A couple of other top performers out there that are worth mentioning. Of course, Terry Rozier had 23 points yesterday in his return to Boston. Also had five rebounds, four assists, and three steals as well. A little bit of a complete game. And Kelly Oubre had a season high. It was tied for a season high. Four steals in the contest, and those all came in the first half as well. I mentioned he was a spark plug coming off the bench. That was certainly the case as he was able to finish with 15 points. But the guy that I'm going to look at here, Sam, as an honorable mention to our silver lining slash top performers, whatever you want to call it, is Mason Plumley. He played 30 minutes out there, did not have a high shot volume, was just 2 of 5 from the floor. That included a last second 3-point heave that was just kind of for funsies out there. 17 rebounds for the big man, Mason Plumley. He's been just chugging along as of late, playing some really good basketball. He finishes last night as a plus 4 five on the plus minus which is one of the highest in the game for the Hornets coincidentally enough the other person that had a positive plus minus in the game yesterday was Cody Martin as well he finishes with a plus six even though he only scored four points and played 16 minutes so Mason Plumlee seems like he's kind of been that cog in the machine where yeah it doesn't look like he's going to be putting up massive numbers there in the box score but he does all the little things right he's rewarded with big games here and there and he just kind of puts his head down and does his job and it gets the job done for the Hornets as a whole. You know, I thought he was really, really good. And that season high, the 17 rebounds, that's the second time in three games he's hit that number. He had 17 against the Lakers last Friday night. And I think people see that, you know, kind of the sometimes it's easy to look at, oh, he only had five points. Well, most of the time when Mason is out there, they're not running a whole lot of offense through them. He'll get some lobs, he'll get some putbacks, things like that. But for the most part, he's kind of there to facilitate, obviously rebound, be a big body down low. He had two assists last night, but he's a guy that can kind of have five, six, seven assists. It's certainly possible the way he can bring the ball up floor. So yeah, I thought he was great. You could really kind of feel his presence. I think the Hornets started off slow rebounding, and then it turned. They actually ended up winning the board last night by four. at 14 offensive rebounds. I think he had six. And and I don't know how many of those uh, generated 12 extra shots for the Hornets, or at least overall they had 12 extra second chance shots, I guess. But yeah, I thought it was really good kind of filling in those gaps. And, you know, he's not going to be a guy, like you said, that's going to have 25, 30 points. And that's not exactly what the Hornets need from him. They just need him to be out there, get some rebounds, protect the rim, finish at the rim, and then kind of fill in everything. Um, and on top of that, have the facilitating and, and passing skill set that he does. So yeah, that was, it, Mason's kind of quietly had some really nice performances these last several games. Speaking of Mason Plumley, he is the subject of Sam Perley's latest article, which you can read later on today at Hornets.com. We'll talk about it next right here on the Hornets Hivecast brought to you by Senta. Hornets fans, make sure you download the Hornets app this season for an enhanced game day experience. The Hornets app is your home for the game day digital program with all the information on your favorite team and giveaways every game day. You'll also find predictive games, mobile food ordering, and even a wallet for your NFTs. Download the Hornets app today. Crossover, shot blocked twice, one from behind by Balls. Same thing from ahead by Miles Bridges. Behind the back pass, ball to Plumley, who throws down the reverse dunk. Now how's that for tactical precision? Beautiful dime for another Dr. Pepper dunk. 
Mason Plumley, a king around the rim here in the Queen City in his first year playing for your Charlotte Hornets. Rob Longo and Sam Perley putting a button on this edition of the Hornets Hivecast today. Thank you so much for joining us as always. And Sam has a new story coming up here called Why Mason Plumley Keeps Putting His Dunks in Reverse. Of course, it's kind of a little bit of an oddity that I personally have noticed. I know some people on social media have noticed as well is that Mason Plumley has a knack for having these reverse dunks. It's something that just kind of stands out a little bit. It's almost like he is uh, immune to putting the ball in the hole with his eyes facing the rim and that sort of thing. He's had 65 dunks this season, and by Sam's math, which I'm going to trust a lot more than mine, is about 13 or 14 of those dunks have come in reversed fashion. And he had some really interesting things to talk about it. Of course, I'm not going to steal all of Sam's thunder here. I'm going to let him go ahead and run it down. Of course, I got a little bit of a sneak peek of it. And Sam, first off, how did this article come to fruition? What were some of the things that you learned kind of compiling the evidence? Because I'm sure it was a little difficult trying to go back and counting every single reverse dunk that Mason Plumley was able to put home this year and those sort of stats. Full disclaimer, I have to give a lot of credit to our digital designer, Jesse DeBolt, because he gave me the idea for it. I think it was one of those things that we kind of in our group have noticed and we've noticed. It's like, oh, that's kind of interesting. That's odd. And then you see it sometimes. He's doing it in situations, you know, on fast breaks where there's nobody around. He's still doing a reverse dunk. And it kind of got to the point where it's I wonder if there's anything there. And sometimes those are kind of like the, the funnest things or the most fun things to write about are the things just, this is just kind of a curiosity. And I, I that's kind of how I approached Mason with it. It's just, I just need to know, is there anything to this? I mean, there is a little bit of a backstory. I'm going to plug it by saying you have to go read it, but it is kind of an interesting backstory. And I think it was one of those things that just kind of stuck out. And I wanted to see if there was going to be a story there. And it developed into kind of a story and then kind of leads into kind of his finishing abilities and his chemistry with LaMelo Ball this year and it was kind of a fun interesting thing to work on because it started off as just more of like a very minute curiosity and there's like okay there's a little bit something here it's a little bit something here it's not super long or super you know three four thousand words on why he's doing this but I always find these things kind of the most interesting ones to do because now that hopefully I'm reading it and if you read it and go ahead and, and learn from it and that's kind of the goal that you can kind of watch the games and see why he's doing this this particular skill which I find kind of just oddly fascinating so obviously Thank you for your feedback on it and hope everyone enjoys it. should be up on Hornets.com this morning at some point. There you go for all the bright and early readers out there. One of the things that I took away from this story, Sam, there was actually two, but I'll get to the first one right now, is that he talked about why he started doing it. And he said that he got blocked by Birdman, which of course is Chris Anderson, years and years and years ago. I know you went back and looked at when the instance could have happened, you referenced two different points. One, I applaud your determination to find that point in time. I thought that was really interesting. And the other thing, too, is he talked about the chemistry that he has developed with LaMelo Ball. Because, again, as easy as LaMelo makes the game look and feel from afar, it's got to be difficult trying to anticipate those passes that LaMelo Ball is throwing to him. Because, again, you got to kind of keep your head on a swivel a little bit because you never know when he's going to find you. So those are my biggest two takeaways from the story without ruining everything else of course, because the main point of why Mason Plumley dunks the ball in reverse so often, I thought was really interesting and it makes a lot of sense. But again, I don't want to spoil it for all the readers out there. You're going to have to go check it out at Hornets.com. But me personally, outside of that point, those two points that I just referenced were the big ones that stood out to me. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's 
it's funny. I tried to, uh, I did go back and look at every single dunk he's had this year. I looked at all 60 something of them and I actually clipped all of them. We have a, a software that kind of clips all the plays and I took every single reverse dunk and I put it in a video, just kind of a, a sequence of all of them, all 14, 15 of them. So that'll be also included in the article on the website. You can just see all of them and it, it's fun to kind of follow along with it a little bit. But yeah, I thought it was funny that he could recall the one person um, that has blocked him in this, done the reverse dunk was is Chris Anderson. It was at some time during the 2014 playoffs or 2014-15, sometime around that time when Anderson was on the heat. And I couldn't, I tried really hard to find the actual video of when it was and tried YouTube. I mean, I looked for, I looked for probably a full hour to see if it existed and I just couldn't find it. So uh, I did look at the play-by-play, and it's one of the two, season one or two games. So it was a fun thing to work on because it's a little bit different, and uh, I hope everyone enjoys it. I learned a lot more from it, and like you said, I think it's one of those things I never really thought about, and then when he kind of explains it, it's, oh, that makes sense. So, yeah, again, thank you for reading it, and I uh, hope everyone enjoys it for sure. One thing you cannot deny is that Sam Perley is dedicated to his craft. That'll do it for this edition of the Hornets Hivecast, brought to you by Senta. Sam had a lot of fun diving into this article. I hope everybody else enjoys it, and thanks again for joining me on today's edition of the HHC. Thank you for having me, Rob, as always, and hopefully uh, Hornets can get back on track with a big homestand coming up starting tomorrow night. And thanks to all of you for joining us today as well. A reminder, Sam Farber will be back in the anchor chair tomorrow to take you through the game preview against the Cleveland Cavaliers here at Spectrum Center, and we might have some news on the All-Star front. Of course, the reserves will be announced later today. Will LaMelo Ball, will Miles Bridges be on the roster? Well, you got to come back and check us out tomorrow once again on the HHC as we will give you a full breakdown. For Sam Purley, I'm Rob Longo saying once again, thank you so much for tuning into today's edition of the Hornets Hivecast, and we'll see you tomorrow once again on the HHC. Thank you for listening to the Hornets Hivecast brought to you by Senta, the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. For more coverage, visit hornets.com.